Today we are examining how cultural, social and political influences have impacted female education since 1950 by investigating three generations of Australian women. Dr Sharon McConaughey is a consultant anaesthetist specialising in paediatrics. Let's begin in the 1960s by looking at Sharon's parents' education and their different career paths. My mother finished school in year 10, went straight to a secretarial job and then once married stayed at home as a primary caregiver. My father went to year 12 and then entered a trade. This was a typical educational outcome in the 1960s due to governmental approaches to schooling following the social constructions and political intentions of the time. In the 1960s the prevailing social expectations were for males to be employed and provide financially for their families while females were expected to be a housewife and support their family in the home. Sex role theory proposes that people learn to follow these fixed and distinct gender roles through socialisation and construes the distinct natures of men and women to being suited to the roles they were designated by society. This social construction impacted on the education provided to young people, with boys being provided with skills for the workforce and girls with skills for more subservient roles, such as secretarial work, and for their assumed future roles as homemakers. Critical interpretations of schooling in the 1960s reflect the economic and social inequalities that women faced. Women were not provided with the same opportunity as men to receive a standard of education that led to higher skills and higher paying employment. Tertiary education was not seen as a priority for women at the time. You should be contented to stay home. If you have too much education, your mind's stimulated too much, you're not happy to stay I'm home all maintain. the time. In the 1970s, the feminist movement fought for equality for women in Australia. By the end of the 70s, a great raft of social and legislative reforms affecting women had arrived. Laws governing equal pay, abortion and paid maternity leave all gave women new freedoms. This change in societal expectations impacted positively on the educational and employment opportunities for following generations of women in Australia. In 1969, prior to the women's liberation movement, 24% of females completed the final year of high school. In 2018, these figures had increased substantially with 89% of young women completing secondary education. These changes are also reflected in tertiary education, where females accounted for 25% of people achieving bachelor degrees in 1966. While in 2020, women have overtaken men and make up 57% of the student population studying for a bachelor degree or higher. These socially and politically driven changes have provided women such as Sharon and her peers greater opportunities than those provided to their mothers. Let's now look at Sharon's educational path. It was a state school education to grade 12 and the subjects that I studied because I wanted to get into um, university were what was termed in the time straight math science. Sharon came from a typical working class nuclear family and public schools were her only affordable option. While she was provided greater educational opportunity than her mother, Sharon still experienced social disadvantage from her available schooling as it limited her tertiary educational prospects and ultimately her future career and social status. 
On completing Year 12, the tertiary entrance score Sharon achieved at her public school wasn't sufficient to gain entry into medicine at university. At the state school, I didn't achieve a high enough T score, to, so I discussed with my family and I went back and repeated at a private school, which enabled me then to achieve a 990, which was the top T score to be eligible for medicine. And that came uh, with a reasonable amount of sacrifice for my parents. Sharon's family couldn't afford the private school fees without her mother returning to work. Her mother took on low-paying employment as an assistant kindergarten teacher, a field in which sex role theory construes women are better suited than males due to their caring and nurturing nature. The inequalities that Sharon's mother experienced with education limited her employment opportunities to low-skilled and low-paying employment that fitted with antiquated, socially-driven norms for women. When Sharon repeated Year 12 at a private school, she experienced differences in the teachers and students compared to those at her public school. I think the teachers were more focused on getting high results from the students. I don't want to call them better because I had some very good teachers in the state school system. I think my maths teacher, for example, was outstanding. You had higher achieving, focused children and teachers at that school. She also discovered differences in the backgrounds of the students between the two schools. So the private school had a high socioeconomic group of children going there and ethnicity. So at the private school there were no children of an Indigenous background that I can recall. I would have had a one to two Indigenous children in every class I attended at the state school, at least. A higher Indigenous to non-Indigenous ratio of students at Sharon's public high school suggests a link to lower school academic results in maths, reading and science compared to the private school. The higher socio-economic private school Sharon attended supported very few Indigenous students, attended to a curriculum that supported the dominant Western culture and promoted competition for social status through high achievement in school examinations. Higher socioeconomic schools have also been shown to be at an advantage as they are typically better resourced. Professor Tony Bennett from the Institute for Culture and Society at the Western Sydney University has found from research the advantages that Sharon experienced from a private school education. If you go through the education system successfully, it's much more likely to happen if you've been to private schools and if you've been to state schools. Success in education can be predicted by social class. Access to higher socioeconomic education played an important role for Sharon to access middle class privilege rather than reproducing her working class disadvantage as would typically be predicted. Although academically strong, Sharon's working class background restricted her schooling options to public schools from which her results limited her future education and career prospects. Access to higher socioeconomic schooling to repeat Year 12 provided Sharon with greater schooling equality to go on and study medicine and the opportunity to disrupt the cycle of social reproduction and elevate her economic and social status. With her first-hand understanding of the differences in school systems and with finances provided by middle-class income, 
Sharon has chosen private school education for her own girls. Belief, I suppose, that I hold from my working class background that I'm giving my children a better future. So your children are interacting with a higher socioeconomic group of expectation, ways of behaviour and integration into that group. I think the schooling and the opportunities are higher and wider than what you get in a state school. As Sharon's children are from a middle class background, they will experience further benefits from the education system than working class students. The attitudes, skills and disposition that they take to school, known as cultural capital, will allow them to more easily align with the cultural practices of schools. As a result, Sharon's daughters will be provided with greater opportunity of succeeding in education and reproducing their middle class status.